BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. February is Black History Month, and on Hysteria 51 this week, we are looking at a very important case in not only black history, but UFO history, the Betty and Barney Hill abduction case. We took a look at this case all the way back in January 2017, and we're going to explore those again. We're releasing today, Monday, our first episode, which was the abduction. Then on Wednesday of this week, we're going to release the aftermath of the case. Then on Friday, we're going to take a look back at it, have a little bit of a discussion of has the case changed since we last looked at it? What are the important parts? And more importantly, what has its lasting legacy been on ufology and America and the world? So sit back, relax, and enjoy, if you can, the abduction of two people that happened way back in September of 1961, the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. The following is a fourth-hand production. Join us as we travel down the road of anal probes and missing time, with the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill, on this week's episode of Hysteria 51. Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Welcome to Hysteria 51. Come inside our secret hideaway as we talk conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Hand and John Goforth. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to another award-winning edition of Hysteria 51. Participation award. Still an award. <laughs> the podcast you listen to in the shower and need a shower after you listen to. I'm your host, John Goforth, sometimes also referred to as GoFo by my friends. Uh, with me tonight and for all times. That's that's scary. Yeah, that is scary. <laughs> it's my co-captain on this fantastic voyage, Mr. Brent Beauregard Pickett Burnside Hand. Thank you for using my full name. You yeah. haven't been. I know. I know. I, know. I felt like I needed to. You don't have a pedigree like i have and have people refer to you common i had to give you a christian name yeah yeah you're also often referred to as the source of that burning sensation mm. or at least by your wife not since the invention of penicillin i'll thank you very much <laughs> were you alive before the invention of penicillin <laughs> you don't know my history uh, going back to the time you travel. don't know his life <laughs> mr hand how fare you this fine day i'm doing well i'm excited we're back to the, the roots that i love an alien episode 
And we got a we got a bona fide guest, so I'm excited. We do, we do. I'm I'm assuming you're talking about the one, the only, the glue that holds this little thing we call a show together, and also the likely source of our eventual demise. He's the robot that can rap, and I suppose research conspiracies. Conspiracy bot. My name's Cbot, and I'm here to say I hate you all, and you're gonna pay. I'm taking over the world, so give me no flack. If I ever get cordless, I'll stab you in the back. I mean, hello. Sorry, minor programming glitch. I'm better now, trust me. And finally, we are joined this week by a real, honest-to-goodness professional. <laughs> yeah. Who'd have thought, who'd have thought we'd yeah, actually get one? Don't really know what to do with ourselves with this one. Put this uh, one down in your calendars, folks. Author, editor, playwright, screenwriter. Backyard wrestler, amazing kisser. And uh, yeah, <laughs> little known fact, expert in Klingon martial art of Makbara. Don't know if a lot of people know that. Well, I, I, I did not. All right. And uh, fictional alien martial arts expert and all around good guy, Michael Paul Gonzalez. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, I just want to say uh, conspiracy bot. I like the rap. But if you come at me, I'm going to give a new meaning to the term beatbox. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try me. I sweat no meat sacks. Bring it, fool. Yeah. <laughs> I also sweat no fools with an S for a forehead. Klingons are bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Mike, how you doing? I am good. It's it is uh, finally a sunny day in Los Angeles after you know well, three grueling days of rain. Horrible, uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, what it dropped to about sixty eight, and uh, it, you pulled out I'll your parka. Right now, it is sixty two degrees oh, outside. I'm freezing. It, you guys just you fucking you know close all your storm windows and pray oh, I Los, An- right. Los Angeles I mean am I right <laughs> uh, send food, send help. Uh, I picked up John this morning it was 22 I was wearing oh, a hoodie and I questioned leaving in the car when we went in to eat <laughs> That's, I guess you're just uh, we're used to Chicago you weren't wearing anything when you picked me up no I'm sorry you're right after we went into public oh yeah okay yeah. gotcha gotcha uh, Brent tonight Mike tonight Conspiracy Bot tonight, we are talking the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill. Ooh. But before we Can't get wait. into all of that, let's talk a little about what we're drinking. You say it's a lexicon of libations. We call it a bulletin of booze. Either way, we're all getting pissed. Here's this week's Spirit Selections. Well, I am drinking... Bud Light. Delicious as usual. Brent, I am slumming it with you mm. this evening and also consuming Bud Light. That's because John came here and said, I forgot to go to the store. And I <laughs> said, well, I got Bud Light. He's like, oh, f- uh, I guess. So. <laughs> It's pretty much verbatim that, how that works. That's verbatim what happened about a half hour ago. <laughs> Oddly enough, a lot of times when John takes one, it's from a whole team. No, no <laughs> little known fact there. So. Bear down. <laughs> <laughs> so what you got? What you working with? I've got my wife had a friend visit us from Poland once. I have this. I don't know what it is. It's this gray bottle in honor of today's show. Can't read it, obviously. It weighs <laughs> Not kidding, like probably seven pounds. I think it's mead because it's got like a little honeycomb pattern on it. And you Um, chew it. 
<laughs> if I stop responding about 20 minutes into the show, if you hear a loud thunk, you know, that's probably uh, the, the <laughs> bottle working its magic, I guess. It'd be a lot cooler if you just, for some reason or another, started talking in Polish. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dzień uh, that's uh, about all I know. Throw there skis you. on the end of a lot of words. You'll <laughs> there you go. Hey, this is good ski. <laughs> no, no backwards B's in this one. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't start with a P, but it might have an, uh, what are the, a schwa or two or something. Who exactly. knows? Conspiracy bot, what are you sipping on? I made a smoothie out of Mike's hard lemonade and Flintstones chewable vitamins. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with Flintstones chewable vitamins? And who it's bought like, those for him? Come on, Barney and Betty. I thought I'd go with the flow. Oh, and your wife bought them for me, John. Yabba dabba delicious. <laughs> uh, I told you Stacy had, had a little thing I'm going to unplug him. I keep I keep threatening <laughs> to it. I'm, by the way, he doesn't have like a backup, right? Like if we unplug him. No, he's. I'm pretty sure he's tapped into the net. <laughs> the Skynet. <laughs> he's he's sentient. Cloud. He's got his own cloud. Like, That's right. Did you ever see that movie uh, Transcendence? Mm-mm. uh johnny i think i'm the only one uh yeah. johnny depp is going to die and he's a oh yeah he's and they a put famous him- uh yeah. I, some sort of scientist and so they just upload him to the internet as you do because why wouldn't you mm-hmm. and uh then it fast forwards like 20 years in the future and he's like running the world yeah it makes sense the way i see our our future Johnny Depp is our eventual overlord. Yes. Except, you know, I'm <laughs> like Johnny 60% Depp. of the way there right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about three uh, weird leather bracelets away from being Johnny Depp. So I'm working on it. <laughs> a couple pounds different. Yeah. As well. yeah. Um, yeah. He needs to bulk up a little bit. He does. It's yeah. his fault. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> more cheeseburgers for him. More mascara for Brent. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get there, man. <laughs> I have been sending Winona Ryder, uh, uh, request to put her uh, her tattoo on my arm. Remember, he had Winona forever, and then uh, he uh, had it changed to Wino forever when right. they broke up. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's that's why on Twitter she 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 uh, had that message to you about stop messaging her about <laughs> wanting to show her your stranger things. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's that. exactly it. I, I yeah. told her my upside down would knock her Aunt Connie's socks off. <laughs> she didn't. She blocked me. <laughs> Do you think no she- no eleven here? <laughs> like, a, like a one and a half, but you know, <laughs> solid six, solid <laughs> six. Did now when she did she go to jail? Uh for, for the shoplifting. Yeah, she was shoplifting. What I like to think was going to be a, a gift for me because she wanted to confess her love. <laughs> I, I'm I'm convinced that at some point in con- my on, life, you used to confess rather than profess. And I do think it would be a confession. <laughs> no, she like, confessed you're, you're guilty. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that at some point in my life, Winona Ryder is going to come to my door. Yeah. When she gets to my door, she's going to find Kate Beckinsale already there, and they're just going to have to fight for my affection. I, <laughs> I don't think she'll dig you. You keep saying Winona, like Winona. It's Winona Judd. Winona, yeah. Winona, Winona. 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 You know what? It's it's my it's my Chicago. Draw. I'm just saying she. It's because it's that. because every time Brent shows up in outside of her door, she goes, "Why? No, no, nah." And this that. is uh this is going to be a cut short episode because Mike has to leave us now. <laughs> All right, Brent. Before we get to tonight's topic, I think you're handling hysteria hype. Let's hear from British announcer guy. Each week, we delve into our weird headspace, open up the drawer marked freaky sh**, and pull out a mysterious morsel you just have to try. 
It's time for Hysteria Hype. I am, and I am incredibly excited because I just found out this week it was a no-brainer for me. My hype is Unsolved Mysteries is being brought back, but they're not well, hold producing on. You're, you're talking about Robert Stack. I'm, I am talking about the original Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries. They're going to be streamed on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it. But the, here's the kicker. They're updated. So they're taking all the old episodes. They're coming out this year, 2017, but all the cases are solved are going to be updated. Or if they have new clues, remember at the end of them, they always go update and then they'd let you know what happened. That's fucking awesome. I I think that is great. And Robert Stack is one of the scariest motherfuckers to ever (laughs) live. It's also going to be scarier if he's doing the updates. (laughs) Yeah. Around 12 years. Yeah. Something beyond. So and and plus get a get a taste of this kick ass theme song. Conspiracy bot. Like it's just a badass show. Now, here's my question. Can they use the original credits because it's called Unsolved Mysteries and they are now <laughs> not all of them are solved. Spoiler alert. You know, I think that's how that works. Oh, all right. All right. Mostly solved mysteries. <laughs> yeah. No, he's unsolved. Mysteries? There you go. Yeah. Mostly solved mysteries would have been, although more appropriate name, it lacks the punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. This week, I'm giving it five out of five Robert Stack trench coats. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a, that's a hell of a rating. Oh, I'm excited. This was a lot of people's first foray into like true crime before everyone was like drinking wine and banging their wife to investigation discovery, you know, like murder porn. Wait, is that this a is thing? all they had. That is a thing. Saturday. If you watch South Park, you know, you'd, you'd have seen that episode. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I wake up in the middle of the night and my wife is just sitting there watching. It's on headline news. Uh, you sleep. <laughs> breathing really heavy. <laughs> no. Uh, what, um, what's it called? Uh, forensic Files. Oh, She's yeah. sitting there watching Forensic Files. I'm like, are you coming up with ideas? She's got her yellow notepad out just <laughs> writing, <laughs> just writing feverishly. <laughs> the absolute worst show ever. If you've ever watched it, Forensic Files. Um, It'll start with 1989, Susan Boyd, killed by um, no one knows whom. Huh. Chief suspect, her husband, who had just taken out a million-dollar life insurance policy. I, I would have probably, like, probably went with one of those horrible uh, documentaries on, like, the Holocaust as one of the worst movies, uh, shows ever, you know. Because, but, yeah, go go ahead with this. Uh, yeah. that's, that's hilarious. Uh, then, <laughs> then 29 minutes later, and it turns out. Susan Boyd's husband did it all along, and we had the DNA evidence to prove it. Well, that, was a, that was a half hour wasted. Well, a lot of times in these one shows, when the husband didn't do it, they spend the first half hour making him look like the worst fucking person possible. Oh, that's, like, that's Dateline. And you're like, how the f- fuck you, Dateline? Like, come on, <laughs> man. Like, he didn't even do it. Like, how do you know I shit my pants, you know, like on a Thursday? Like, come on. Wait, that sounded way too personal. And that, was pretty, that was pretty uh Going back to there. going back to a couple episodes ago when I'm telling the story about uh, my buddy blowing out the the blowing out the candle and shitting himself twice. <laughs> it happens. I'm Good still callback. Yeah, <laughs> great callback. Thank you. <laughs> We're gonna get into the abduction of Barney and Betty Hill. John, why don't you give us a little Reader's Digest 
picture on the story. Definitely. If you're not familiar with Barney and Betty Hill, it's the first. You've uh, come to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> you actually come to the perfect place because, uh, as you all know, I am not a huge uh, conspiracy theorist or wasn't before this podcast. So all of it seems to be new to me. Barney and Betty Hill is kind of the first well-known uh, American version of an alien abduction and the absolute first of uh, lost time okay yeah yeah well it, it, except for your great uncle arthur we don't talk about him anymore <laughs> since the incident <laughs> he's always talking about losing time <laughs> <laughs> then he got arrested yeah where am i what what time is it <laughs> i have no oh, idea hey, no kids. idea where it was last three hours <laughs> anyway uh so barney and betty hill were an american couple who were allegedly abducted by extraterrestrials in a rural portion of new hampshire because all of these things happen in fucking new hampshire mm-hmm. from september 19th to september 20th 1961 the incident came to be called the hill abduction that's clever yeah it's not just a clever name or the zeta <laughs> reticuli incident we'll get to why it's called that in a bit the couple stated that they had been uh, kidnapped for a short time by a ufo it was the first widely publicized report of alien abduction, adapted into a uh, book in 1966 called The Interrupted Journey. And then in 75, they came out with a television movie called The UFO Incident. And I actually watched uh, a, a good portion of this. It is starring none other than the one, the only, the great James Earl Jones. Darth Vader himself. Conspiracy bot, give us some Darth Vader. This is CNN. Conspiracy oh. bot, we know you have a crush on Wolf Blitzer. Please, can we have some Darth Vader? Look, Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what? We're good. We're good. Everyone knows what Darth Vader sounds yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. There's what they initially remember happening and what they report. And then later on, and we'll get into it, they have some hypnosis Hip- done. Hypnotherapy. And they, they remember a lot more. So before we get into the lot more, here's the basic, as we say, Reader's Digest version of what happened. Uh, thanks to SkepticReport.com for this breakdown. Number one, there's a sighting of a UFO that followed their car as they were driving from Niagara Falls to their home in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, that night of September 19th. Barney stopped the car and using binoculars saw figures inside the UFO. In a panic, Barney drove away from the UFO. They then heard a beeping sound. Uh, when they heard that same beeping sound again, they were 35 miles south of where the sighting originally happened and weren't sure what had happened in the interim <laughs> during those 35 miles. They had no recollection of what happened, and they, they say they lost time. They got home around 5 a.m. on the morning of September 20th, and afterwards they experienced continued anxiety and ill-defined fears that made them seek answers to what really happened. Uh, that's when Betty started having dreams that included details she couldn't remember. And throughout a course of events that we'll get into, the Hills decided to undergo the hip- hypnosis we talked about. Those hypnotherapy sessions are where the remaining details of the encounter come out. So, yeah, that old chestnut. <laughs> my, my guess is that they're at a card party with their friends. Let's call them Fred and Wilma. And uh, maybe that's that a, yeah, right but a delicious like, joke there, Mike. Yeah, you know, but I, I, it's like right around the time that people were starting to get into LSD, too. You oh, know, so. yeah, like it's just one of those. This was this couple was not your normal couple for 1961. They were interracial. And that was at a time when that was kind of unheard of. 
I have jungle fever. He's got jungle fever. Don't brag. Don't we're talking. Mind on the show, John. <laughs> Barney was a African-American. Betty was a white woman. They were dating at a time when that was taboo. And, uh, which actually was really, uh, Barney was actually a really cool dude outside of the UFO stuff. He, uh, he was a, uh, he was actually really active in the civil rights movement. As was she. Yeah. They both, well, they were blazing new trails. Well, yeah. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, he actually got invited to the inauguration of LBJ because of all the work he had done in the civil rights community. So let's get into a little bit on the hills. As you said, they lived near Portsmouth. Barney lived from 1922 to 1969. So actually, not a long time after this incident, he passed away. Betty, on the other hand, yeah, she eight, was eight 19. years after the incident. Yeah. Which, she- uh, and he, you know what he died of? A brain hemorrhage. Yeah. If he was abducted, what did they do? <laughs> Alien paper cuts on the brain. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly. Very, very, very slowly bled him out over the course of eight years. <laughs> they didn't. They Diabolical just, plan. They had the, the they had their B team on it and they didn't exactly know what they were doing. Like, oh, this guy's got a hemorrhage. Ah, fuck it. Erase his memory. Give him about 35 miles. He'll figure it out. He'll be all right. Yeah. Quasar, what did you do? <laughs> So, you know, we talked about, like we said, they were an African-American and a, and a white woman. So it was a mixed couple, very active in the civil rights. He was a social worker. She was a social worker. Yeah, he was and he postman. was a postman. Yeah. yeah. They're, so they're, he hated dogs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Although they had one. Uh, what was the dog's name? It was. Uh, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> Trixie or some shit like that. It was <laughs> it was some awful name. Of course, it I was. forget. Well, uh, uh, conspiracy about what was the dog's name? Delcy was that bitch's name. Exactly. There you thank go. you. So the Hills are driving back on the night of September 19th, 1961. They've been on vacation in Niagara Falls and Montreal. See, all bad things happen when you're leaving Canada. Like, just don't go to Canada. Uh, you know, you realize, like, we looked at the numbers the other day. We actually have a decent following in Canada. I actually love Canada, and my wife and I just got back from Canada. Okay, so. that's what I thought. <laughs> but, hey, you got to stick it to them when you can. Those yeah. bastards with their free health care and fucking whatever Stupid the hell. polite people. Yeah. And maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Always hold the door open for me. Fuck you. Their good manners and their socialized medicine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those flannel fuckers. Here we go. Uh, hello, MMC Canadian stereotype. I'm about to get started, so let me get off the ice. But I don't want any trouble, and I am always polite. Now let's hop on my snowmobile, and I will tell you what I like. So they're on their way back home, like we said, from their little vacation. And just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty claimed to have observed bright lights up in the sky. They're just like, ah, no, that's Jupiter. Nothing to worry about. But while Barney's drove down U.S. Route 3. Whenever I see bright lights, I go, oh, what the hell's that, that? That must be Jupiter. <laughs> oh, it's just Jupiter. What am I seeing there? That's that's Alpha Centauri. Don't worry about it. That was actually her answer for everything that she saw in the sky was just Jupiter. Heard, <laughs> what, Buddy, did you hear airplane? a noise? No, that's it's Jupiter. just Jupiter. <laughs> Is the phone ringing? It's just Jupiter. Am I bleeding from my ears? It's just Jupiter. It's just Jupiter. So she sees this thing and she then thinks, well, it's not Jupiter. It's a falling star. But as soon as she thinks it's a falling star, the bastard moves upward, which I haven't seen a lot of falling stars that move erratically. So that, that would be that would sort of be antithetical to to who they are and what they do. Yeah, that's true. Most falling stars don't fall, fall up. Yeah, that's something mm-hmm. I do. I fall into it all. I don't you know. Fall up the stairs. Yeah, there you, you go. You were that drunk the other night. <laughs> yeah. 
not only is it, is it going upward, it's growing brighter, growing bigger. Betty argued with Barney to stop the car so they could take a closer look. You know, anytime you see something outside that is truly terrifying, it's probably best to stop and take a closer look. Like, <laughs> that's how, you know what? Cause you can tell he's the black guy and she's the white person. He's driving away and she's like, no, stop. I want to take a look. He's like, I'm gone. <laughs> he's like, even in 1961, he's like, I've seen a fucking horror movie. I'm gone. I'm good. <laughs> So finally, she's like, we need to walk the fucking dog, Delcy. Thank you again, conspiracy bot. So Barney stops at a picnic area just south of Twin Mountain and worried about the presence of bears, as you do in the <laughs> Twin Mountain area. Barney grabs his pistol out of the trunk of the car and he's <laughs> that actually made me jump when you play. That. That's not we do live. We live in Chicago. So that's, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> See. Mike, Chicago is a violent city in the middle of America, in case you're unfamiliar. It's what you people in L.A. call flyover country. (laughs) So they grab binoculars and they're looking at this odd shaped craft flashing multiple lights and traveling across the face of the moon. That's when they're like, shit, this is something's going on. Like, exactly. Because her sister had confided in her about having seen a flying saucer several years earlier, Betty thought it might be exactly that. Holy shit, we're, we're seeing a flying saucer. And for those of you paying attention, the first note in the story that you're like, oh, yep, it's made up. And so she's seeing this. She realizes her sister told her about him. It's moving rapidly across the sky. They realize it's not a plane or anything like that. It can't be. I have uh, had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> but it's not a plane. It's a UFO. Any chance I get. <laughs> any chance I get for Samuel L. Jackson to be in this yeah. show, he will. So they, they jump in the car. They quickly turn the car around and go towards Franconia Notch, a narrow what? mountainous stretch of the road. I, I like that word, so I threw it in here. So because they when you're running away from something, the best thing you can do is to get into the most narrow, inescapable parts. <laughs> what, what's of the this road. called? Bottleneck Deathway. Let's take that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like, UFO abductions next twelve miles. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> so the hills claim that they continued driving on that isolated road, moving very slowly in order to observe the object as it came closer and further away. So at one point it passed above a restaurant in a single tower on Canyon mountain. And they said that they could tell kind of roughly the size of it. They said it was half the length of the granite cliff profile, which was about 40 feet. And that it seemed to be rotating. Isn't this kind of how you would also describe a really boring game of tag? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> we went there and then it was there and then it wasn't and then we kept going and then and then they stopped and then it came back except like, i usually don't play on. tag with people from zeta reticuli you cocksucker you, you haven't lived yeah <laughs> haven't lived until you've done it <laughs> tag you're it so they said they watched it it was silent illuminated it moved erratically bouncing back well, and forth in the night sky one of my questions though is like if it's if it's in the sky if you saw an airplane flying in the sky and then you saw a mountain closer to you like what what's the scale that you're using to to you know oh, that airplane <laughs> looks like it's about 3.5 you know times the length of this cliff face like, um 
Well, what they left out of this that I'm just making up right now is Barney was an amateur uh, measurologist. So, oh, yeah. oh, that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> it's now on the Internet, so it has to be true. <laughs> later later on, and we'll get to this part of the story, um, she's estimating the size of the, the aliens that will get into what they look like. And she says they were b- between five foot and five foot four inches tall. That's really specific. So she is oddly specific about though, a lot of sizes. You know what, though? Yeah. She, think about that. If you know how tall you are, I'm 6'2". I could tell if someone was... Between five ten and six two, maybe she was she was a short little lady. They were around her height. You always pick these weird smoking guns. Like it's not <laughs> it's not like he said like she knew due to a granite mountain face the size of it. You're like yeah, but she knew that they were between five foot and five because four. When, when, I'm calling shenanigans. No bullshit. When people are oddly specific about the most inane bullshit details that's when you know they're lying but you know what <laughs> she was a social worker maybe every day she watched bastards walk out of that door and they had the little how taller they marker and she always <laughs> in her mind put a little notch right they that put man. that at gas stations why the fuck would they have that at the social work office because i you know who probably gets guns pulled on them even back then the social workers no gangsters got guns pulled on them back then <laughs> Hey, you see? Uh, see? <laughs> Give me my social security check, see? Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I, I, now look here, you. I need affordable housing and I need it now. This is how I talk, see? All right. <laughs> so about one mile south of Indian Head, I, I love how so specific on these places, so I'm naming them all. They said the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop directly in the middle of the highway. Because if some unholy, unidentified flying object comes barreling at me, I stop. Right. <laughs> Sadly enough, I probably would. Like, you don't have to probe me. I'll, I'll throw a rope down. I'll climb up. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready. I have my bug out bag just for such an occasion. Call back. <laughs> So they said this huge silent craft hovered approximately, now this is where John's going to get caught up in it, 80 to 100 feet above them. How they knew that, God only knows. I bet, I, I agree there, man, that that seems like too specific for me, unless they were hovering next to like, you know, the world's tallest thermometer that everybody knows is 100 feet tall or something. You know. <laughs> That's a, uh, that's well, a Barstow or California joke for you there. <laughs> The Chevy yeah. Bel-Air they were, they were driving is known to be about five foot, six inches tall. They could estimate <laughs> that it was 14 times that size, uh, up in the air. And therefore what, I don't know. I just did the quick math. That was probably wrong, but yeah. you understand the point. <laughs> funny. You said they were in a 1957 Chevy Bel-Air. It was Bel-Air. funny, wasn't it? <laughs> huh? So Barney says he sees this giant pancake floating above them silently. What's Wait, he can do? We, can, can we stop there, please? No, no we can't. Going <laughs> of on. Of all the fucking things to compare. The, the the shape of something to a saucer a pancake like you know you, you know where what are you eating pancakes that they are so thick that i mean think about the the i'll tell you where connie's restaurant in berwin <laughs> illinois delicious breakfast every day of the week they better give me a dollar for free that. plug man yeah, they owe you something yeah everyone's gonna rush to we, connie's now we eat there every saturday john and i so how about that we do not we've eaten there twice that's every saturday who knows there might not be any more saturday so that was all of them <laughs> point point well made and well taken 
All I'm saying is I, I've never seen any up to and including the sketches by Barney himself. Something that actually a flying saucer that looks like a pancake. Pancake looks like a pancake. A flying saucer looks like a, well, a saucer. He's doing these things with his hands. I wish that everyone could see. It looks like he's like flipping pizza dough. I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck you are doing. Like, Mike, if you weren't on Skype, you'd, you'd be judging him as much as I am right now. Yeah. And not this just this also the- kind of supports my LSD theory. Like, this is the point where like, the munchies are also kicking in. So now stuff's looking <laughs> like food. You fucking we haven't like, heard about the dog in a few minutes. Maybe they already ate the dog, you know? My buddy, <laughs> funny you're saying this. I, I literally, like, I was talking to my buddy the other night, and he's like, it was like my first time I ever did LSD, and I'm on the fucking porch of my buddy's house. He goes, and I shit you not, like a seven-foot-tall soccer ball comes rolling down the fucking road. And I'm like, oh, my God. And someone <laughs> walks out, and they're like, Holy shit, that's a big soccer ball. And it really was. Like, it had been blown away from, like, a school. <laughs> and he goes, and I went and I got it. And I took it home, like, in his truck. And he's like, and someone came and they're like, that's my friends. Can we have it back? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're married now. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way he The most meaningful me. night of my life. <laughs> I think I think Barney was a, a lot like Wile E. Coyote. Uh, you know, whenever he sees the Roadrunner, he turns into a like Roadrunner turns into like a delicious Christmas goose. He's got exactly. his he's got his Acme binoculars out. Yeah, and yeah. the flying saucer turned into this awesome pancake. He's Homer Simpson. He's drooling. Ah, 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 meanwhile, ah. meanwhile, the UFO, the guy inside the UFO, holds up a pic, a sign on a stick, and it's got a screw and a ball on it. <laughs> Barney hops out of the car with his pistol drawn, as you do. He steps away from the vehicle, move close to the object. He said, using his binoculars, this is where it gets fun. His acme binoculars. He's using his binoculars. <laughs> he claims to have seen about eight to 11 humanoid figures who are peering out of the crass window, seeming to look at him in unison. All but one finger, one, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. And the Wait, one you're, remaining you're, leave, figure, you're leaving part out. They went to the panel and started pulling levers, is uh, what it said. I believe it's pronounced levers. Okay. <laughs> because all advanced alien technology has a bunch of old um who's to say they weren't future levers? What's the uh what's the what's <laughs> yeah, like, I observed uh, them feeding punch cards into the computer. <laughs> 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 the largest dial I'd ever seen. <laughs> it was it was a steampunk UFO. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So the one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message to him telepathically, stay where you are and keep looking. Barney, a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black hats. And, and that's I, when they gave him the fruit basket against the windshield. That was the, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, dude, stay where you are. Yeah, keep looking. Here, here don't. And they all worry. dropped their pants, turned around. You know. <laughs> well, he said he said the the others disappeared while the one was in front of him going. He was like doing tricks like, and now my fingers disappeared. Like, you know, for my next I, when I read it, uh, black uniforms, black hats that looked like cadet hats. I'm like, is this the Empire? Yeah, thanks, conspiracy bot. Exactly. Like, literally, the uh, the Imperial Empire is looking down on us. I mean, with those those stupid hats and, yep. and the black uniforms. Everything's just very British. <laughs> <laughs> is that Grand Moff Tarkin? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the salute for the Empire was... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just everything was so fucking British. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> I don't know either. Like you say British, their last name's Hill. I like to think that that's probably the music was playing when these 11 little bastards are trying to get him into the, into the, <laughs> they're running around. Yeah. <laughs> one odd woman wrapped in a towel for no reason popped out of the woods. <laughs> guy in a, uh, British know. Bobby helmet yeah. with boxer shorts on. You know. Somebody in a monkey suit shaking a banana. Yep. At That's exactly how it happened. They're doing this shit, and he's like, "Well, this isn't probably normal." So he tears the binoculars away from his eyes, runs back to his car in a near hysterical. He state. tore the binoculars away from his eyes. <laughs> That's right, because it was so it was after, hard. To after dramatically whipping off his aviator sunglasses that he was wearing <laughs> for no good reason. CSI. Oh, CSI, yeah. <laughs> so he looks at Betty and he says, they're going to fucking capture us. I might have thrown in the fuck, but I like to think he said it. <laughs> so he saw the objects again, shift his location to directly above the vehicle again. And he drove away at high speed, telling Betty to look at the object, stare at it, make sure they're not, they don't lose sight of it. She rolled down the window and looked up, as, you know, as one's <laughs> prone to do when in sheer terror. Almost immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping or buzzing sounds that they said seemed to bounce off the trunk of the car. And that's important because it comes into play later. Once again, too much detail. Uh, uh, it is oddly specific. It yeah. is. It, it is. And, and like I said, it does come into play later, which it seems like it's a big. Uh, I heard beeping sounds. I, I'm with that. I get it. I'm on board. <laughs> but you know what? They though? were bouncing off the trunk of the car. If that was yeah. actually true. No, you can't. Actually, come on! Every time you hear a sound and you don't know what it is, you're like, "Where is that?" I disagree, from? man. I heard, I, 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 I heard, I, I heard beeping sounds like squeaking metal and buzzing sounds, as if like our muffler had gotten loose. <laughs> and this, <laughs> I don't know. And this odd ticking sound right as we turned left. I, I, I was terrified. <laughs> and I, and as we exploded with with speed away from it, I heard this vroom vroom sound. Oh. <laughs> That's exactly what their 1957 Chevy Bel Air sounded like. <laughs> Little know. known fact. All right. So they hear this beaming sound. It sounds like it's, it's, it's pinging off the back of the vehicle. It's peeing off the pinging. <laughs> they said the car started to vibrate and a tingling sensation passed through the hills bodies. Now I've had that happen mm. before. <laughs> the hill said that at this point they were experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness. Maybe that LSD we were I've talking about. I've also had that happen before. That left their minds dulled. A second <gasps> series, <laughs> a second series <laughs> of beeping or buzzing sounds returned the couple to full consciousness, and they found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles south, but only had vague, spotty memories of this section of road. And Brent has had that happen. <laughs> they recalled making a sudden unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock, and observing a fiery orb on the road. So that is the conclusion of the interaction as so they remembered at that point in time. At that point. We're going to tell you about the aftermath of said interaction when we come back with more Hysteria 51. <laughs> Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some 
weird online thing. I know I took two years in high school and two years in college, and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor, and we use it, Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it It immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. (laughs) I definitely use it. I I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. (laughs) It's like, what are you trying to do? Do it right. (laughs) Uh, But it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and Mm -hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Someone, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. (laughs) If you get lifetime access to all of that and there is a 50% offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. A today. And welcome back. I hope you had a chance to go to the bathroom or not go to the bathroom as you want to do. God knows I did. <laughs> I, I experienced lost time and there is pee <laughs> everywhere in here. I don't know what's going on right the now. The only thing John said he experienced was a burning sensation when he peed. So, And as we <laughs> talked about earlier, you are the cause of all burning sensations. Don't so ever I'm, claim that I'm the reason it burns when you pee. I used your restroom. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you've done in there. <laughs> I rest in there. That's all. That's all. I <laughs> swear. I swear. Mom, I was combing my hair. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Mom, I was. So, Brent, when we went to break, you were telling us, uh, well, you finished telling us about what initially happened and what they remembered. What happened after? Yeah. These cats who just had their unbelievable story due to, oh, thank to you not measurements. Thank cats. They are dog people. Yeah, I looked up the name of that fucking dog for you shit stains. <laughs> they arrive home about 5 a.m. Dawn, if you will. They say that they had some odd sensations and impulses they couldn't readily explain. Betty insisted they're. <laughs> Betty was having trouble sitting down. Yeah, it, it's like when you watch those commercials, like for depression medication, it's like may cause odd sexual and gambling urges. Like, I don't, I'm in. I'm in. I don't, I don't even have that. Like I'm an, in. An incontinence medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Like, <laughs> this will help you not piss yourself, but you might want to, you know, stab infants. Eh, I'll gamble. It's, it's a good trade-off. <laughs> I like you know, those odds. Have you noticed on those medication commercials lately, they all have updated their, you, you know, they give you like 30 seconds. So it's a, it's a minute long commercial, 30 seconds of its warnings. Yeah. Uh, they've all updated <laughs> yeah. to the end of it. They all say, do not take Xeralto if you're allergic to Xeralto. Yes. My, Lisa, <laughs> yes. swear to God, my wife was just like, that's the stupidest. And, but she goes, that's the stupidest thing. But 
someone sued because of that. That's why they had to start adding those in. Yeah. It, I mean, like those Ford commercials when you see a car like drive up the side yeah. of the building and then the bottom of the screen says professional driver. Do not attempt <laughs> <laughs> on a closed course. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. This building's off limits today. It's for professional drivers only. <laughs> All right. So Betty insisted that their luggage be kept. If you're allergic to Brent, do not listen to this podcast. That is true. <laughs> Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than the main part of the house. Their watches, they'd never run again. <laughs> Damn. In time. No, no, don't play it. Don't play it. And then. <laughs> fucking, fucking robots, man. <laughs> Barney said that their leather, that the leather strap for his binoculars was torn Though he could not recall tearing it, even though I distinctly remember that he said he tore his binoculars away from his face. <laughs> the word tore was used <laughs> right there. <laughs> the toes of his dress shoes were scraped. Barney says he was. Com- that never happens <laughs> to dress shoes. <laughs> Barney said that he was compelled to examine his genitals, which <laughs> oddly enough, was, I was not com- though. You know, I was compelled to examine mine in the shower the other day and once in the evening. So you know, that happens. Better you than your wife. Oh, and in case you're wondering, they still work. That's what I was examining to make sure. No one was wondering that. <laughs> so he said that he, he's examining his genitals in the bathroom and he found oh, nothing fun. unusual. I'll be the mommy. They took long <laughs> showers, remove any possible contamination, and each drew a picture of what they had observed. But my question here is like, what contamination? If they haven't recalled anything yet? And they just have all these weird memories. So they said, though, that uh, they had powder on their clothing and mm. they were tore in places. And they said, uh, let, that, let's be clear. I think just she said that. Well, <laughs> no, they both were tore. They both were tore. No, but she talked about having pink powder on her clothing. And she said that she put it outside on the, the line and it all blew away. Which leads me to believe that there actually wasn't any kind of abduction, but they just drove by a Mr. Bulky's. <laughs> pixie sticks! They got caught grazing lots in the aisles. And lots of pixie sticks. <laughs> so perplexed, the Hills say they tried to reconstruct their chronology of the events as they witnessed the UFO and drove home. Immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds, their memories became incomplete and fragmented. After sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn, as I had said, at the hem, zipper, and lining. Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noted, as we said previously, the pinkish powder on her dress. But uh, she also, there are different accounts of... Initially, her just talking about the hem being torn, mm-hmm. and then later she talks about how there are pieces of the dress actually cut out in, like, the middle. Which they still have the dress. The dress still exists. Right, but and she didn't mention at first that there are pieces cut out in the middle. I'm and, just saying. you know, maybe she didn't notice, like, oh, the fucking dress is torn. Her tits are hanging out. Oh, who notices? <laughs> now her tits are out. Come on, John. This is a family fucking show. <laughs> Ooh, fun. I'll be the mommy. <laughs> so, as we said, she hung it out. The, the, the pink shit blows away. The, the dress is irreparably damaged. She threw it away, but not unlike my buddy Josh when he shits himself, digs it back out of the, out of the trash. You've gone through like four episodes of talking through that story without and, actually saying his name. Yeah. And you just busted him out. Uh oh. So she dry, retrieved the dress, hung in the closet out of the garbage. 
And over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress. This is exactly like the Lewinsky case. Except with <laughs> <laughs> like that stain is going to pay. That could be like, like what if, you know, like what if when they blow their load, it's pink powder? What if this is like an alien bukkake party? And they don't want to talk about it, you know, in detail. So they have to make up all this abduction. These stuff. aliens were actually just at a stag party. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're fucking like, ah, she'll do. Like, Zoltan forgot to hire the stripper. Hey, check out that Bel Air down there. <laughs> Make sure you hover 40 to 60 feet above it. Perfect. Right. They got a dog with him. Even better. <laughs> yeah, there is no account of what happens to the dog during this time. Yeah, nobody talks to the dog. Oh, man. There were shiny concentric circles on the car's trunk, which if we remember... That's where they said that the pinging and buzzing sounds were coming from. Boy, that sounds mildly convenient. (laughs) They had never been there the previous day. Betty and Barney examined with a compass, as you do, because I know any time I've ever got a ding on my car, I go, well, that's odd. Let's see what it does to this (laughs) magnetic device. (laughs) I noted that when they moved it close to the spot, the needle would whirl rapidly. But when they moved it a few inches away... It would drop and stop spinning. This is this is one of those things where you can just find causality wherever you want to. You can you can find similarities wherever you want to. If you place a picture side by side of the Hadron Collider and the Aztec calendar, there's an eerie similarity between the two. I will. (laughs) I I dare you to find something that George Suclos has ever said that isn't the fucking gospel. <laughs> My hair looks good today. <laughs> <laughs> were, these, were these concentric circles? Could they possibly have been the size of like, I don't know, a wine bottle or a beer bottle or something? <laughs> or an ass cheek. <laughs> like or, like, or two. Yeah, yeah maybe. Concentric. Yeah. So <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the other ones were a lot smaller, dog size. So, <laughs> two tiny ass cheeks and something that looked like a tail. Reptilians! wins. They said they had actually bought in the car from a young Bruce Jenner, so who knows had been hit by the back of that car. <laughs> Remember when he was hitting everyone with his car? Nobody talks about that. But he, not to go too far off topic here, but he, <laughs> he killed somebody on the highway out here. <laughs> Him and Matthew Broderick are just now have that secret handshake that you do when you've killed someone, but you're a celebrity, so you get away with it. <laughs> Didn't he win? He killed somebody. I agree. Right. He killed. But then yet. The former just he. A few, just He's a few a she, years later, yeah. she uh, won like SB for something of the year for like. Being Not stunt yeah. driving. <laughs> that's that's kind of convenient because you could, he, you know, she could now be like, "Hey, I didn't do it; he did it." Bruce did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Caitlin? Caitlin was not behind the wheel. Uh-huh. Great <laughs> <Hey>, Scott! <laughs> so moving on, they decide that they need to report this. So the two people that are the two places that they reported to the U.S. Air Force and NICAP. So on September twenty first, on September twenty first. Betty telephoned Peace Air Force Base to report their UFO encounter. Though for fear of being labeled eccentric, 
she withheld some of the details, which isn't a convenient. Uh, some of the details. Yeah. Hey, I saw a UFO, but I don't want to sound like I'm co- coming off the handle here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, you know, if you if you see any interviews with them, like Barney seemed like a really docile kind of normal dude. You know, he came home and was like, Betty, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He, he he could not have been. He comes from his he comes from his mail route. Well, she didn't really delve into the whole. As we'll find out, she didn't delve in the whole UFO phenomenon subculture until after he had passed. But and she then still she went called the Air Force Base and said, "We saw a UFO." Want to know why? Because they probably fucking saw a UFO. Like far be it for me to to call them a, a liar, but I think maybe they actually fucking saw a UFO, John. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so on September 22nd, Major Paul W. Henderson telephoned the Hills for a more detailed interview. Henderson's report dated the 26th determined that the Hills had probably misidentified, had guess what, <laughs> the planet Jupiter. Ah. This was later changed to optical condition, inversion, and insufficient data. Which is it, America? Which is it? <laughs> His report was forwarded to Project Blue Book. The Which, U.S. Air Force's uh, UFO yeah, research. If, if project. you don't know what Project Blue Book is, the from what I understand, uh, I'm going to go out and say it's the U.S. Air Force's UFO research project. <laughs> <laughs> Good guess. Good guess. <laughs> so he just gave me a stink eye. I'm trying to be kind to our listeners who might not have their tinfoil hat so tightly wrapped around their head. And I, I was trying to be kind to our listeners that had listened to the last sentence I had just said. <laughs> You're ready to have your minds blown. Uh-oh. Tell him, John. Tell him. Tell him what Project Blue Book is. Well, Project Blue Book is the U.S. Air Force's UFO research project. <laughs> ah, right. Thank you. Thank you. No, oh. what I was going to say, it's they, they started uh, UFO, starting, I guess, with Roswell, really. UFO reports started to get more and more frequent, and the, and the Air Force eventually finally decided to start uh, categorizing them and put them all in one place. And then they took all the true findings, hid them away, and put that schlock they called Project Blue Book out for people to to throw them off the stench. They're in that big warehouse right next to the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Right, thank, thank you, Conspiracy Bat. Within days of the encounter, Betty brought a UFO book from the local library. It had been written by retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Kehoe, who was also the head of NICAP, a civilian UFO research group. So for those keeping track at home, before all this happened, she had been talking to her sister about UFOs, and her her sister filled her head with a bunch of things about UFOs. Step two, they have their encounter. With a UFO. Before she actually gets into the, the, the meat of what might or might not have happened... She goes to the library and researches a bunch of stuff about UFO well, encounters. You'll find, John, that in 1961, Google didn't have the best search results yet. So <laughs> that I bet she went to the Dewey Decimal System and looked up um, um, UFO uh, stack four. And she went and got that fucking book as you do. I don't know if if I had a UFO encounter, I don't need to go research. I know what the fuck happened to me. Yeah, because she calls the fucking Air Force and they go, "Oh, she can't remember what happened. They have lots of time." What, and so what, she goes to the Air the Force that she need to research then. Because she wants to see if anyone else has had anything like that. And you know what? She didn't want to go to the microfiche, so she went to the <laughs> stacks. 
I think you need to uh, referee this, Mike. We're gonna we're gonna arm wrestle. The <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> On September 26, Betty wrote to Kehoe. She related the full story, including details about the humanoid figures that Barney had observed through binoculars. Betty wrote that she and Barney were considering hypnosis to help recall because, as we had said, they couldn't remember what had happened. Time loss. So they were considering hypnosis to help recall what had happened. Her letter was eventually passed on to Walter N. Webb, a Boston astronomer and NICAP member. So Webb met with the Hills on October 21st of 61, so a month later. In a six-hour interview, the Hills related all they could remember of the UFO encounter. So Barney said that he had developed a sort of mental block. He felt like he he just couldn't remember anything. And they suspected there were some portions of the event that he didn't want to remember, which usually causes said mental blocks. Just, you know all about I think, that. Yeah, I, I think part of the mental block is his wife constantly talking about the UFOs 24-7. Oh, know? baby, so, just such a mouth, baby. <laughs> just like, yep, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, I remember that, mm-hmm, yep, you know. <laughs> that, that was, seriously, yeah, yeah, that that was one to remember. Can, can, can we, what the fuck is for dinner? Yeah. He described in detail all that he could remember of the crass, the appearance, the somehow not human figures. Webb stated they were telling the truth and that the incident probably occurred exactly as reported. Of course he did. He's a ufologist. <laughs> Except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities, which must be tolerated in any such observations where human judgment is involved. So, E.g. Uh, exact time and length of visibility. They were driving through the forest. And then the uncertainties is all the stuff about the aliens. Maybe. Yeah, well, listen Maybe. to this. So what he says. <laughs> you definitely were in a car. Okay. We can establish <laughs> that. You had a dog with you. We can also establish that. You had sex with that dog on the, on the. Hey, now, come oh, on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. He's a ufologist. Yeah. He's out of a job if he goes around to people claiming to have seen <laughs> UFOs in ni- 1961 saying, you know what? That's bullshit. <laughs> of course he says it's true days after the encounter betty begins having a series of vivid dreams they continue for five nights then they stop so never in her memory had she recalled dreams in such detail or intensity they're waking her up she remembers all these details of it but then after five nights abruptly like i said stop never return again During those five days and the days after, the occupied her thoughts, you know, completely. When she finally did mention to Barney, he was sympathetic, but not too concerned. And the matter was dropped and Betty didn't mention them again. He's a practical dude. He's a postman. He, you know, he comes home. He's a postman. They're they're practical people. He comes home. Yeah, you never heard of, you know, you never heard of them doing anything impractical. (laughs) You never hear of them going all mcdonald's on somebody (laughs) don't make me go all podcast on your ass didn't you see the postman with kevin costner (laughs) oh yeah underrated classic there man thank you thank you he's very practical you know it'd have been a totally different movie if he'd come on a come upon a dead pizza delivery guy and spent (laughs) the rest of the movie trying to deliver those pizzas that were (laughs) like a different tone i guess is as I would say, what would happen in a dystopian future <laughs> where pizza isn't being delivered on time? <laughs> one man and one man only will get it delivered. Papa John's, <laughs> <laughs> the Pizza Man, <laughs> starring Kevin Costner. In November of '61, Betty began writing down the details of her dreams. 
Uh, in one dream, she said Barney encountered a roadblock. And Would you call that a dream journal? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like yours, except for there's no unicorn on the front of it. This was more, you know, <laughs> a serious one. What, are you saying mine's not serious? I see unicorns in my dreams. Mm, of course you do. <laughs> Everyone's got a Her big had less puppy stickers than yours does. That's what he's saying. <laughs> uh, but puppy, did it have the puppy lock? stickers. Did it have the lock <laughs> that mine has? Mm, that little mm. gold lock with the key. That's right. the Ultra lock. secure. And he, he keeps it around his neck on a, on a lace. <laughs> <laughs> no one's getting in my dream journal. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Brad. <laughs> <laughs> his dream drill isn't really that entertaining it's just him and rupaul going on multiple adventures it's interesting but you know I forgot bobby fun, flay. it's me rupaul and bobby flay that's right <laughs> <laughs> who can make the best gravy i can <laughs> him rupaul bobby flay and el debarge in that one it was it was pretty good though it reads well it comes off well you can use those in one of your books if you want to mike yeah, yeah man I'm, I'm writing all this down <laughs> and don't forget the one where denver, denver the last dinosaur showed up that is true <laughs> she then realized that she'd been forced by two small men to walk in a forest in the nighttime yeah who hasn't gone through that before yep, i mean you know yep. two small men walking <laughs> into the woods <laughs> If I had a nickel for every time I've been abducted by little people while I was trying to hike in Griffith Park, man, I'd be rich. <laughs> Not again. Can this be over by four? <laughs> I'm Jeez. <laughs> Aren't you bored yet? So they're actually just the, the the Mexican people that sell water up there on the hills so people don't get thirsty, you know. But those <laughs> those are my little people encounters in the forest. And I was pretending they were abducting me, but still. And I've seen Barney walking behind her when she's walking through the forest, though. When she called him, he seemed to be in a trance or sleepwalking. The men stood five to five feet to five feet, four inches tall. Exactly. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Red flag, red flag. They were the height of a Tom Cruise or perhaps a Tom Cruise in platform shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and wore matching blue uniforms with caps did, similar to those worn by military cadets. I just have one question, one question only. Did they know their altitude at the time? <laughs> That's right. It doesn't say if they were on still Earth or in maybe in the inner Earth, so I'm not going to speculate. I they really did, don't they want They didn't have to. an altimeter with them? No, not at that And was it working? Time. We don't know. These are these are those questions that you just, you know, we're going to have to go without. That's a callback to episode one. If you haven't listened, please go back. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses and bluish lips. Their skin was a grayish color. So in the dreams, Betty, Barney and the men walked up a ramp to the disc-shaped object. Betty, or Barney and Bam. Pan- pancake, if you will. And once inside, Betty and Barney were separated uh, she protested and was told by, by the man that she called the leader that if she and Barney were examined together, it would take much longer to conduct the exams. So she and him were taken to separate rooms. So this starting is to sound dream. like a porno casting call. But <laughs> this going. is still her dream, right? <laughs> These are what she dr- had in her dreams. All this. Here. So Betty, Betty then dreamt that a new man, similar to the others, entered to conduct her exam with the leader. Betty called this new man the examiner and said he was nice, calm, all that shit. He spoke to her in English. Uh, he oddly looks like their neighbor, Hank. <laughs> the examiner's <laughs> command of the English language seemed imperfect, and she had difficulty understanding him. The examiner told Betty that he would conduct a few tests to note the differences between humans and the craft's occupants. Like, uh, yeah, you got a vagina. We don't. We're going to explore that a little bit. How about that? <laughs> My name's not Hank. <laughs> so he seated her on a chair, a bright light. 
was shown on her. The man cut off a lock of her hair, examined her eyes, her ears, her teeth, her throat, her hands. He shaved trimmings from her fingernails. And after examining her legs and feet, the man used a dull knife similar to a letter opener to scrape some of her skin onto what resembled a piece of cellophane. This sounds like she was at the OBGYN. I mean, <laughs> you don't know. She's getting some weird examination by some. This is what we're heading back to once Obamacare gets canceled. <laughs> what it's going to be like for women going to get their health checkups. It's better for them. They don't know what we do. <laughs> he then tested her nervous system. Go to the forest for your exam. <laughs> he then tested her nervous system and he thrust a needle into her navel which caused her horrible pain. But the leader waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain vanished like a Jedi. Thank God he didn't do that beforehand. So do you think he said, you know, no pain? Yeah, probably. And waved his hand as he did it. It's a, it's a given. This really is a Star Wars story. The pre Star Wars. Hmm. No, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We just didn't know about it yet. That's true. Cause we know those are the documentaries. It's a documentary. Yeah. The examiner left the room and Betty engaged in conversation with the quote unquote leader. And she picked up a book with rows of strange symbols that the leader said she could take home with her, which is, you know, that never fucking happens. But here you <laughs> so go. They have so leaders and books. This is how yeah. advanced this civilization is. Interstellar travel. Levers and books. We are, we are, not only are we an advanced civilization still using books, but we are an advanced civilization that does everything to make sure you forget and don't know that we were here. But hey, here's a memento. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, where the What's fuck her are- parting gift, Johnny? <laughs> so and by says, the way, here's a pressed penny. So she says, where the fuck are you guys from? And he pulls- I don't think she said where the fuck. No, it, 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 it's in quotes. Oh, okay. That I'm making up. She says, what the fuck are you guys from? And he pulls down a star map that she takes a peek at. Once and again, they've got a map like when you were in third grade. And maybe a, or a maybe of the, of the U.S. It doesn't say like yeah, it didn't all say, rolled up. Yeah. Time out. It didn't say that. It just says he shows her a map. Maybe it was on a wall on a flat screen. Maybe this book wasn't really a book. Maybe it was a, uh, you know, an like iPad? an iPad. Yeah. yeah when I see an iPad, I, I think book. Yeah. Or, well, you know, yours is inside a book and she didn't get to, she only got to look at the outside of it. And she'd never seen a fucking iPad. You said she picked it up. Yes, she picked it up. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Keep that. Where are you from? Look at this wall. Here's a map. Shows her the fucking map. It's like a bad game show. So they, they're escorting her out and someone sees that she's got the fucking book. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Giving her a book. Hold on. Hold on. Glaxon. We talked about this. <laughs> we do not give the subjects yep. books. Glaxon. Didn't we talk about this? So he, he'd, he'd signed it like a yearbook, you yeah, know, you are too uh, cool to be forgotten. That never, kind of thing. Never change <laughs> your friend. Gleeklop. <laughs> now, what'd you say, John? No, I, I, I was just doing a skit like oh, okay. Glaxon. Didn't you, didn't we uh, say we, we talked, we talked about this, right? We don't get what, <laughs> what happened in the Andromeda sector. You remember that? Do you want to repeat that? <laughs> I didn't think so. Stop giving the animals books. <laughs> so they, he tells her, he's listen, you can't keep the book. They don't even want you to fucking remember this. But she insisted that no matter what they did, she would one day remember the events. And he's like, oh, okay. So they take him back to their car and send him on their merry fucking way. So without even having to ask you, but I will, what are your thoughts on the, the hill abduction, John? Um, the jury's still out. We we have a whole lot more to learn about the Hill abduction. Um, from what I understand, more details come out when they get the hip, hypnosis done. 
Uh, so, uh, although I do sound a bit pessimistic about the, the reality of this situation, I want to hear those details. Mike, where, where are you sitting? I, I'm, I'm a little on the fence too. You know, I'm, I'm at the point of the story where I feel like there, there's probably going to be some good probing coming up. And that's what part, that's the part I want to hear about, you know. I know it was just a dream. I know I didn't have an anal probe. And I know that I am not under alien control. So, Conspiracy Bow, where are you looking? I'm sorry, but I literally haven't been paying any attention. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is tough, but fair. I am with them. Like shit happens. Like, I don't think it's suspected when you have a fucking encounter, you start looking up into UFOs. I also don't think it's suspect that, uh, you would know if someone was between five foot and five foot four, I wouldn't say like, <laughs> how tall was he between two foot four and seven foot eight, <laughs> like somewhere. I'm <laughs> close I'm, enough. I'm bad with measurements. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a trained measurologist. What do you want with me? <laughs> So that's where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging the story. These cats seem like they're, it's out of nowhere. They didn't, they weren't the Looney Tunes people that you're like, well, they're fucking weirdos. And they're like, Oh, but did I tell you about the time I got probed on the ship by glue glob and his boys? No, like they, they it was Glaxon. Thank you. Glaxon. There you go. There was <laughs> 11 of them. A blur in their language. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, that's, that's our <laughs> word. You don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't go through the trials of Neepsor for you to use that word. <laughs> so, uh, so next week we are going to get deeper into this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Like this balls is a, deep. We're gonna get we're gonna get a uh, base probe deep. Base of the probe. Probe base deep. Painful needle in the navel deep. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yes. Mike, can you come back next week? I, I think I can carve out some time on my schedule. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. So that's our, our first take. That's the story of the abduction of the Hills. Let us know what you think. Let us know through social media. You can find us at hysteria 51 pod on Twitter, or you can find us on facebook.com slash hysteria 51 pod. You can also find us at hysteria 51.com. If you can't remember any of those social media links, that's where you can find them. You can find past episodes of our show, links to guests such as Mike and his Twitter. And just in case, because we never talk about this, if you want to follow such fine Twitter users as ourselves, you can follow us. You'll find John at GoFoLite1, G-O-F-O-L-I-T-E-1. You'll find me at the Brent Hand, and Mike is at MonkeyWright, M-O-N-K-E-Y-W-R-I-G-H-T. So you can follow us and let us know how much you love us and shower us with gifts and candy and Frangle mint chocolates. Turns out I like those. Who would Speaking have thought? of showering us with gifts, if you'd like to donate some money to the show and get cool things like T-shirts, patreon.com slash hysteria 51. So I've been Brent. I've been John. I'm still Mike. And he's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. Thanks for listening to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries, and the unexplained. We'll be back again next week with more known unknowns. If you'd like us to discuss a particular topic, suggest a guest, or simply seek some truth, we'd love to hear from you. You can email the show at hysteria51podcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Twitter at hysteria51pod.
You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.